wig? Did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Flying. Oh my god. What? We're wigging out. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I real like listening to our first two episodes, I realize I just say woo at random times. As you should. As I should. I am a white girl. Time. This is yeah. what we're supposed to be doing in life. Oh my god, but hi. Hey. I'm Martyr. <laughs> and I'm C Tepper, your woo girl. <laughs> and this is Wig it out. Ooh. <laughs> Caitlin, what are we talking about today? Okay, we're finally doing it. Everyone's been asking. No one's been asking. <laughs> no one's been asking. If I have, people have been asking. We are doing our big Drag Race episode. Woo! We wanted to do like one solid episode of Drag Race yeah. and then never talk about it again. Never, ever, ever again. <laughs> never. Um, it's just a beast that's been affecting the community so much and so largely that it has to be tackled at some point. Yeah, time. and it's affected my life a lot too because mm-hmm. of my past, so... Mm-hmm. Well, we need that. It. Yeah. Uh, how'd you get introduced to Drag Race? I think we talked about this before, but yes. remind the viewers. Yeah, I'll listeners. remind everybody. <laughs> the viewers. Yeah, the they're viewers. just watching us right now you know. in Brooklyn. Ooh, hi. Ooh, hey. So um, I got involved. Um, I had seen it all over billboards, all over the city in subways for a couple of seasons, but I was like, eh, whatever. I don't really care. Whatever. And then it was on Netflix for like a month. Season two and three, and I watched it, and here we That's are. That's how I watched it, too. Yeah. Um, I currently use a VPN on um, my computer to watch Drag Race because I can't watch it live anymore. Um, so I get all the seasons on VH1. Um, not VH1, Netflix um, UK. So thank you, Netflix UK, <laughs> for providing that service to me. Um, I also got introduced um, season two. Um, I was watching it with an ex-boyfriend, and um, I thought it was live at the time. It definitely wasn't. I well, think- a lot of people <laughs> still think it's live. Yeah. <laughs> every week. Like, they really think it's happening oh, in meant, real time. I <laughs> meant, like, v- uh, the season was live. Like, I was watching it. Oh, gotcha, aired, gotcha, gotcha. But gotcha. now that wasn't the case. Okay. Um, and we were really rooting for Jujube to win. Um, T. I, I wanted her to win. Uh, didn't happen, obviously. Nope. <laughs> um, but I really started watching the show live around season six. Me um, too. That's sort of like how I got introduced to drag in general. Um, I, I talked about this before, but I fell in love with Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been a big inspiration on my drag and performance and all that jazz. But um, yeah, I just season six like has been my favorite season since. Same. Um, I, I I I hear people like the first season you watch live is your favorite season. And I but honestly, season six for me is the best season. The cast was just so good. Yeah, it like really was. they like everyone was solid. Yeah, everybody. I w- <laughs> even I rem- Magnolia Crawford. <laughs> um, She's a really hot guy, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just remember all the memes for um, the top three being Courtney Act, Bianca, and um, Vanilla Creme, and they were like angels and everything. And then when she had the giant fall from grace that towards the end of the oh, season, Ben, ben yeah. um, it was just like, no, the ultimate top three. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I really, really wanted, like, Ben and Courtney were like my faves on the season, and yeah. they're still some of my favorite people. Yeah. Well, who are your favorite queens? Now? Okay. So since I started on season two, I. I like the rest of people who watched from the beginning. I fell in love with the Pandora box. She was the first campy queen they really had on the show, and she was really funny. And she's a very sweet person. So she was the first one I fell for. And then, of course, Jujube, like, just comes out of nowhere. Like, her personality, she really set the stage for, like, the Katyas and the Trixie Mattels. 
Because Legendary you are. Yeah. All I see are legs and dairy. Exactly. Like, her personality, especially in the confessionals, like, she was the shining star. She, apparently, she didn't win any challenges, but she made it to top three. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, her personality, like, made her the superstar of that season. Yeah. Like, she's... Uh, on. Honestly, the most memorable from that season. Yeah, I like, agree. Yeah, um, she's still like killing the game. Like I always, I she's follow her both on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm like, you know, I just love watching her do her little thing. I want to. I know she's been in All Stars before, but like, Who? uh, oh, be. But like, I want her back. I just want her on TV. I know. They. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they didn't use her in season 11 because they brought back a lot of queens. Yeah, they but did. she's mainly in Boston now, so uh, she doesn't true. really leave Boston. I don't know. So after season two, I watched season three immediately, and that was um, Manila Luzon. I was a Manila stand. Like she was the first queen I really stand hard for. I really, really wanted her to win the season. I thought she was because at the time I didn't really know other styles of drag, and to me she seemed like the perfect drag queen. And a lot of people like rediscovered her through All Stars this season, and I'm happy. Like she deserves like all the recognition. She's really a pioneer. And now queen. she's like labeled as like a robbed queen, basically, which is great. That's great That's for what her you, career. <laughs> That's what you want to be. You want to be robbed. You, yeah. You can win. Winning's great too, but like being winning or being robbed, like you're both. It's both good career choice. Because you become like a fan favorite. Yeah, you become great. a fan favorite, and people feel bad for you, so they want to support you even more. Season three was really strong in casting yes. too. That Agreed. Was, um, I know like all the drama apparently was manufactured by the production. They like hired a different outside source to like manifest the Heathers versus Boogers. Did oh, I believe know, it. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. Say, did you not know this? Yeah, that's like an open Oh, I didn't secret. know that either. Um, <laughs> and, but like, I, just the personalities together, they like, really work. It was good TV. Yeah, it was great TV. Also, like, that was like the most, like, I feel like hands-off season. That in season two, like, they really let the girls just go at it. <laughs> yeah, and, mm. which is weird because like, um, I, I don't know, now it just, everything now just feels like so, so shoved down our Yeah, throats. it seems so fake to me. I don't <sighs> It seems so manipulated yeah. in a boring way. It's not exciting. Like, yeah. the Heathers versus the Burgers, like, that was everything. That like, was everything. They were really, like, going out, guns and blazing. Which is, the funny thing is, it's like, of course, a lot of time has passed. They're all very good friends. The Heathers and the Burgers are both very, very supportive of each other. So I don't think that could happen nowadays. Like, what? that kind of rivalry. Yeah. Because the fan base can get, like, too toxic. Towards, oh, it's so toxic. Yeah. That, that season, who knows how that would have played now. Well, mm -hmm. I remember some of the girls saying that, like, uh, a new season is airing in a different country every year, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so people, like, from other countries will send them hate mail oh, because yeah. that season's airing. And it's yeah. like, well, this is filmed, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, people are behind, but they don't know that. Yeah. People still think it's happening live, I which is hilarious. I don't understand how... It's like TV. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I don't know. We'll get into the toxic fan base later. Yeah, we'll get more into that. Um, so after season three, season four for me was Chad Michaels. Mm. I, I wasn't really, like, in love with anyone that season. Latrice was great. But, like, I, there was no one I was really rooting for, like, personality-wise. So that season doesn't do much for me. I know a lot of people love that season, which is great. Sharon's a great queen. I'm happy she won. But for me, it Boo. wasn't... Yeah. For me, it was just like, I don't know. I never connected with anyone in that season. Mm -hmm. Then season five happened in Jake's Monsoon. She was the new queen I stand. I really, like, felt like a kinship with her like of course she gets the underdog storyline but she's so funny and like the acting challenges she killed and her personality was just so strong there was no way she couldn't have won that season and she beat alaska and alaska is probably the strongest queen to i was ever rooting on. for alaska <laughs> yeah <laughs> Alaska was great, but I don't think she was ready at that time, which was the whole point of All-Stars 2, to be honest, so she could get her redemption. I, I, 
fully agreed. Yeah. And then after that was season six, and that's when I fell in love with Courtney Act. And that's when my, like, standship, like, went to a new level. Like, I, <laughs> it, like, brought me into the community versus mm. just being a viewer at home. Like, I just became such a Courtney Act stan, and, like, I just had to see her. I had to meet her. I had to go to her shows. Because mm. before that, I didn't even know you could go see them. Yeah. Like, I just thought they were on TV, and that was it. Like, I didn't realize, oh, like, the Lori Beachman Theater, they're going to have these girls, and they're going to perform for you. You can see them live and, like, meet them. That live was such girls? I know, right? <laughs> but, like, that blew my mind. Because, like, the fandom at that time, there was no drag con, yeah. like, at all. Like, it was still a pretty small fan base. So, like, the fact that I could, like, meet these girls in person, it was just everything. You know what? <laughs> um, I just was thinking about this earlier this morning. Um, I remember the first drag con and, like, being on Reddit because everyone was, like, freaking out about, yeah. like, what were the girls going to wear? Yeah. Like, everyone was freaking out. I don't really see that excitement anymore. Well, the thing is, like, now it's so... If you're in the fan base, it is so kind of oversaturated, especially if you're, like, in New York or, like, in L.A. You see all the queens a lot more than at the time that you did because there wasn't really, like, there weren't tours there were no tours. <laughs> like, yeah. you couldn't just go to your whatever local venue and see all these girls. Like, there was no way to see them or meet them or contact yeah. them. Like, it was um, a very different time. Some creepy DMs to them. That's fine. I'm yeah. sure that's fine. I'm sure <laughs> Well, like, that, that was kind of, like, it. Like, the only way was, like, Twitter, like, trying to at-reply them. <laughs> I at-reply Courtney Act a lot. Blocked <laughs> by Katya 12 now. Yeah, yeah. No, literally. <laughs> well, people still do that. I know. I, but, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was such a different time. And after that, like... Season seven wasn't much for me as mm -hmm. far as like being involved, invested in anybody. Now I love Trixie and Katya, but mm -hmm. at the time they weren't that exciting to me. So I recently got the chance to see Trixie Mattel's moving parts and it really shows the rise of Trixie Mattel. It follows the year of her life pre All-Stars three and then like what happens after all stars three Ooh. and like obviously Trixie is one of the most successful queens on drag race. I didn't even know about this. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, it follows, like, it's kind of like a year in the life, obviously uh -huh. very much edited down. Uh -huh. But you get to see, like, what happens when you become one of the, the most successful RuPaul's Drag Race queens of all time. Mm -hmm. And you see her struggles. You see her um, her interactions with the fans and how the fans can be a little bit overbearing yeah. and, like, hurtful. But it's just a very interesting thing to see. Oh, now she can pay her mom's car bills. Aww. Like, it's interesting to see what actually happens once you hit the peak of Drag Race fame. Do they go into the fandom at all? Or A little bit. Uh -huh. she, she she reads, like, the letters um about a lot of kids who want to kill themselves. Oh, wow. And they wrote letters to her. And she's very overwhelmed. Yeah. And she thinks, oh, everyone thinks I'm a depressive person. But I'm actually not. I'm, I don't have that problem. But... It's a lot of overwhelming stuff for her. But the mo one of the most interesting parts of the whole documentary, which <laughs> I was not expecting to put that them to put that in because there were very few people who knew about it except Trixie's inner circle. And somehow I knew about it because I just know everything. Oh. <laughs> it's true. It's what happened. Okay, so <laughs> what one of the most shocking parts of the whole movie and what they really follow closely is um when Katya has her like drug mental breakdown and oh. her they they show her like one of her um one of the 
they show when they're filming ah like katya has a total meltdown and right after she goes straight to rehab and it shows trixie having to figure out where her career is going to go without katya because it was always trixie and katya together they're like a package right yeah yeah, and you really see some of katya's very very low moments and i was not expecting them to put that because the documentary is produced by world of wonder i was not expecting them to show katya in that light and show what a real thing that happened to Trixie and Katya. Shit. Yeah, and it's really interesting. And like Katya says some very, very harsh things. There's a lot more behind the scenes they did not show. But it was just interesting that they put that part in because that's such a that's a real part of the drag race community. Yeah. And like something that really happened to these queens. It's yeah. not manufactured drama. It's something that really happened. Katya yeah. alleges she almost died. Like oh my God. there was a lot going on at that time. And it was interesting that they put any of it in because I was not expecting it. Yeah. I was not expecting the documentary to get that real. Fuck. But (laughs) I definitely, yeah, but I definitely recommend it. Obviously, at the end, obviously, Katya and Trixie are working together again. Mm. Katya's allegedly sober again. So it it has a happy ending. Spoiler alert. But if you you follow them, you know that already. So So you say like it's kind of follows the fame, like how it affects you. Yeah, the fame and and like and not even that, like how is Trixie because Trixie is trying to move into mainstream, her new makeup line might be I don't know if it'll be in Sephora, but she's kinda hinting at it. So like it's it's drag is becoming so mainstream, but we still have such a long way to go for it to get even bigger and more more in the public eye. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So I definitely recommend the documentary. They are looking for investors right now. So everyone's like, when is it going to stream? When is it going to stream? Apparently there's legal versions out there, but I definitely recommend to watch it when it actually comes out officially. Dope. Yeah. It's just a great way to see where the drag race fandom takes a queen who Mm. is so popular, so beloved and what that really entails, which I feel like drag race does not show. It's, (laughs) it's a very manufactured, manufactured TV show. And this is like the opposite of that. Yeah. So total recommend And then season eight onward, I knew all the queens personally yeah. like that I like love. So it things changed for me. I wasn't, I was no longer on the fan side of things. Mm-hmm. I kind of crossed over to the other side. I was on the fan side of things until about season nine. Mm-hmm. But like before that, I felt I didn't really get to watch uh, season one that much, but like no one really has. Well, the thing was the whole Destiny's Child, they using using their song. They they, co- they famously used one of their songs in a lip sync. And um, that uh, I guess VH, uh, not VH1. They didn't Lolo have the copyright the m- money to, for that. <laughs> no, um, they didn't have the rights to have it like replayed. Like, I think the deal was that they could only air it that one time or something. So they didn't have the rights to like play it all over. So they just completely shelved the season. Which is, um, so, uh, it's like a sort of a shoddy season. Uh, everything's great. It, it's kind of like. The contestants are good, though. The contestants are great, which is, like, unfortunate for the contestants. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting way to, like, see. Because the original Drag Race was very um, Project Runway meets America's Next Top Model. And mm-hmm. you see it that the most in, like, the first two seasons. Yeah. You really see their um, influences. Gotcha. And now it's sort of turned it into a real reality show versus a parody of a reality show. And that's kind of unfortunate, but here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love, um, I do love Nina Flowers. 
and um, Tammy Brown. Um, even though like Tammy low key kind of terrifies me, like she, so she does, and I love her. In, <laughs> some of her Instagram stuff, I'm like, uh, wait till you meet her in person. Have you oh met her God, in person? No, I'm too afraid. Well, like there's a lot. Like there, she she's on Planet Tammy, so you just never know what's gonna come out of her mouth. But she's the sweetest person. She has gotten me very drunk before, so uh. I love Tammy Brown to death. I've heard <laughs> stories like that where she's like super sweet, but also like I just the I saw a dead body. Like I every time I think she's of her, she's not really I, like uh, when she's in person. She's like she's more chilled out but she's definitely always on planet Tammy for sure good well those are my two favorite from season one season two i really loved um like i said jujubee hell yeah but also like raven <laughs> raven was oh my god raven as a boy on season two I oh no never... raven as a boy on all stars one <gasps> yeah no both yeah but i was just like whoa like drag queens could be so fucking hot like that like and, i wasn't prepared and her rivalry with um tatia Ta- uh, oh uh, tati uh, Ta- Tati, sorry <laughs> Tatiana, um, Tatiana. <laughs> which I met Tatiana and uh, she's also like the sweetest person yeah, in the very world. Very <laughs> sweet. I love her. <laughs> so like just seeing that cattiness on, on, on screen was just like hilarious. And it felt very real. Again, yeah. like I feel like the pro- production was very hands off and just let the girls go at I it. I think I knew Raven from um, Fashion Photo Review before oh. like I watched season A lot two. of people do. Yeah. A lot of people do. Um, so I was like rooting for her while I was like watching it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh shit. She's actually kind of a villain. In this well, season. the funny thing is, like, I showed my sister, um, like, I, she w- didn't get spoiled or anything. So I showed my sister season two. Mm. And literally the entire time she thought Raven was going to win, as mm. we all did. Yeah. And, like, when Tyra won, she, like, just watching her reaction, having no idea, like, she was so surprised. It was just funny. Like, yeah, that's how we all felt, you know? Um, Tyra did. I rewatched the season pretty recently. She did uh, fine. She did really well. Her runways were pretty good. Yeah, they were I'm pretty, especially joking. in that season where yeah. it was like kind of janky drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three, like I said, um, one of my favorite seasons. I think the casting's really strong. Yeah. I love Raja so much. Yeah, I love Raja as a person so much. And then <laughs> fucking Manila's um, Big Bird outfit. Yeah. Iconic, especially with that. Um, MacArthur's Park lips. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Um, I use that as inspiration for um, just just in daily life, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's really just so fabulous. She's, uh, I love her so much. Me too. I love Manila. <laughs> Season four, I low-key, not even low-key, I love Willem. Um, yeah. <laughs> she might be problematic, but she's my fave. She's probably my all favorite all-time queen of oh, Drag Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I just love her so much. Me and Caitlin recently saw her at Straight Acting at Metropolitan with uh, Reefy Royalty. Uh, she was total babe. She stayed at the bar the whole time. Yeah. And, like, people just came up and, like, got pictures and autographs. And, like, yeah. that was super sweet of her. She was very nice. Um, I was very awkward around her. <laughs> so It's rip. fine. Sorry, Willa. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I lived in L.A., a lot of the Drag Race girls are just everywhere at all times. So she's, like, a local girl in L.A. Like, it's really just interesting seeing the quote-unquote local girls in L.A. like being such superstars once they leave L.A. And that's Willem. And she's fabulous. There's, like, a video of, like, just a compilation from um, before the beatdown, like, Mm -hmm. the one on the Style channel. I don't forget what it was called. But it's, like, a 20-minute video of just, like, her best jokes. Uh. And me and my friend used to quote it, like, all the fucking time. There, uh, honestly, she has one of some yeah. of the most memorable yeah. quotes. Just even like off the show, it's just like she's just so quotable. Yeah, well, she says whatever's on her mind, which I'm always like, oh god, what is she gonna say? Like, I'm always worried I'm gonna get attacked, but she, yeah, she's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, she's just funny off the cuff. Yeah, um, I just yeah, I really admire her, and she's gorgeous, and I love her fashion sense too. It just <laughs> it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, season five was definitely Alaska stand. Um, mm-hmm. and so we're like Alaska versus yeah, Jinx fans yeah. right here. <laughs> Um, I also was into detox. Oh, detox. Yeah. yeah. 
see the thing is like that season was like there was a lot going on yeah. like i forget that detox is even on yeah. that season like that's how much was like happening especially with the whole roxy andrew storyline yeah. i feel like that kind of took over also like the coco versus Alyssa oh happening God. on that so there was drama. so much going on that was on. a good season like that was honestly a really i was just season. annoyed about the coco versus Alyssa because it was just too much like i feel like now the editors are still doing that like mm-hmm. where they're just dragging stuff to death that was like silky versus Eevee. yeah it's just like it's it's been done silky versus ariel's wings <laughs> and like that that kind of drama seemed very forced to me yeah and like now that's all it is it's yeah. just forced drama it's just uh, especially in untucked which is unfortunate because untucked used to be great <laughs> you know what we're gonna talk about that right after this break Ooh. Ooh. Wig, okay Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with us? I don't know. Um, we're gonna talk about our favorite moments from the show. So, Caitlin, yes. give me one. Okay. Obviously, big Sasha Valora stand here. It's gonna be the rose petal moment. It really kind of changed the course of where Drag Race could go. It was such a shocking but organic moment mm-hmm. that I feel like the show hasn't seen since. I. I really want to know what it would look like if she did the other reveal. Me too. Because famously, um, she had um, scissors strapped to her thighs. And yes. she was going to cut up a wig, apparently, yes. to stronger. Which I'm like... And show the- that she's bald. Yeah. But like, I was wondering, like, were there rose petals in the wig still? There, I believe there were. Were they going to, like... I don't know. Like, what? I mean, she, mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how she would that. Would, I don't know. That would have been cool, too. I Like, but... That lip sync just made made season nine great. Yeah, because season nine was kind of an iffy season. And, like, it wasn't until the reunion and the finale that it just changed the whole projection. And, like, it really changed the current seasons of Drag Race completely. Oh, I remember season 10's finale with the reveal after reveal after Jeffy Pop reveal. <laughs> like, oh it was just... Oh, it, you mean season 10? Season 10, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Season you, 10 reveal. Yeah, yeah. Did I say... Oh, you whatever. said season 7. Oh, uh, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it just... It's changed the landscape a little bit where uh, a lot of people feel like they need to rely on reveals. But reveals, like, don't make a performance. Hell they no. just They enhance in a performance, I would say. The one good thing about it, though, is you get to... Well, I mean, they still kind of edit it, but you do get to see, like... A more unedited version of the lip syncs because mm-hmm. the lip syncs on the show are very, very heavily edited yeah. towards whoever they want to keep. Mm-hmm. And when you're in front of a live audience, you get to see what's actually happening, yeah. which apparently last season with Aquaria did not work to, out too well in her favor, but the producers didn't care. They wanted her to win. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, one of my other favorite moments is from All Stars 1. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first episode of Untucked. Did yeah. they have Untucked? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, where it's just the giant fight between Mimi, Mimi. and the rest of the cast, <laughs> yeah. which was like deaf, like production, just oh, like, so fake. With, yeah, like, like everything's fake. That's why um, Tammy, uh, not Tammy, yeah, no, yeah, Tammy, Tammy, Tammy says was there like too. that's why she's going. I'm acting because like she's like calling out the producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but the line I quote a lot is number third in the voting. I could not believe <laughs> when Raven uh, accuses um, Mimi Mimi of just not stealing votes, but like enhancing or like lying about the votes of the fan vote or whatever. Yeah. It was just bullshit. And uh, it, the, the whole scene is like chaotic. It, and there's then, so <laughs> many people, there's so many Queens in the, like, it's like kind of set like the last supper. Yeah. I feel like, Oh my God. Yeah. It kind of really is. <laughs> 
Um, and then it cl- I just love that it closes off with, come on, tell it, tell me, tell Portis the Mars. <laughs> come on, Portis. Quote after quote after quote. Like that scene is just oh, so chaotic just and so, so crazy. good. But good also TV. the way it's edited is gold. Oh, it's garbage. It's, it, no, it's it. so gold. Like that was like, so yeah. And like for me, season six untucked all of it. Oh my God. And yeah. like, that was like the last untucked I really like paid attention yeah, to. No, it was really good. It was so edited, but it was so not edited at the same time. And you had Bianca just reading Queens to filth and Laganja having fucking meltdowns. Tell me, mm-hmm. what do you do well? Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just such a, like all of that seasons untucked was just the best. It was so much. Um, Sort of in that same vein, um, All Stars Two, mm-hmm. the the penultimate episode, yeah. when um, Alaska is threatened to be eliminated, and oh, she's yeah. talking to Katya, and she just goes, "Party!" <laughs> After this long spiel, I'm just like that cut her down so hard, and then that what erupted into her famous like um, mental, not mental, but like breakdown of like where she started like throwing a fit, and it was just like so good yeah <laughs> well that felt very organic and yeah. as alaska has famously said like that's how she is all the time yeah. it's just she never got that edit on the show so everyone was so shocked but like she's good, just like that all the I time i love a good fall from grace and that felt like a fall from yeah grace. and it was kind of like awful because that's when the toxic fandom really like yeah. it, it kind of hit its peak i feel like with attacking alaska which is so crazy because she oh, was yeah, always the snakes, the snakes. yeah she that. was always the fan favorite like ultimate like the robbed queen the original robbed queen. yeah she was yeah and then because like everyone kept calling the shenanigans or alaska tusk um in that season yeah and like I don't know, some some shady shit was happening, probably. But, like, also, it's a TV show. <laughs> well, like, the producers just wanted to... They, there was a reason half of season five's cast is on that all-star yeah. season. They just wanted a new season five. <laughs> Honestly. But Without like, jigs. Um, we should get into the drama around the fandom. Okay. And see how toxic it is. Yeah. Because, like... I think the first time I noticed that the fans were a problem was probably, like, season seven. Or, like, yeah. after season seven. Yeah. With, like... Trixie and Katya yeah. and like that romantic pairing of Ugh, them two. Gross. Um, they both had a uh, fan fiction read to them at a drag con mm-hmm. about them. Yeah. Um, and I think at first they sort of like before this fan fiction. Uh, at first, when the fans were like giddy with them or whatever, they like sort of like, haha, yeah, like, laugh like about played it, it off, played um, sort of like joke about it between themselves yeah. too. So like the an- fans kept eating it up and eating it up. I think they had a YouTube video of them like reading a fan oh, fiction too. Oh, did they? Yeah. And then so like this moment happened and I think that's when like that's when the fandom started going downhill for me. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of turned but actually season six because I was really involved with the fandom at that point because you were either team Bianca, team Courtney or team Adore and team Adore's like fa- uh, fans were like very toxic. At least the ones I knew were very toxic and were always about... I'm the biggest Adora fan. No, I'm the biggest Adora fan. No, Adora loves me, which is like, what? But like, and that still happens because it's a lot of younger fans. Yeah. I feel like that's when the younger fans kind of latched on to Drag Race. Oh, season six. Yeah, yeah season six. Yeah. And so there was a lot of infighting within the own fan, their own fandom. And that's also the season where there was a lot of fan fiction between Bianca Courtney and Adora, which is oh so God. weird. But like, yeah, see, after season seven, like, it really took on another form. And I've had to see it personally because um, when I was running the Hate Queen social media, like mm-hmm. you see the toxic, the toxic comments come in so fast. I can't even imagine being like an actual queen and getting that personally. Like you, all you see is toxic um, comments all day long, nonstop in your feed. It like, it drives you crazy. And like, I'm like Aquaria. I will block and delete you so fast. Yeah. 
And Aquarius was right about that. I feel like they really just want attention. Like, that's why they're doing it. They want yeah. their queen. Oh, noticed at 1155, <laughs> 12, 11, 2018. Me like when I post a selfie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, of course, whenever they get called out about it, they're like, no, I'm just joking. I'm just throwing shade. Oh, I'm being funny. Um, I love you. Throwing like, shade is something you do with people that you're familiar with. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're just being toxic for toxic sake. Yeah. And it's not. And the worst you're part. You're being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> the worst part is, like, how racist the fandom yes. is. Um, it's just so disgusting to me on every level. It's, um, I especially noticed it, I think around season seven as well. Yeah. With, uh, Kennedy. And the, Jasmine Masters. And Jasmine well. Masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially when Katya got eliminated yeah. against Kennedy. Yeah. Like that's when it like sort of erupted. Yeah. Into, like, um, it, it, I think that's when it turned racial. Yeah. Um, it's just, I've never, I just never understood like why people would leave like a nasty comment on stuff. Like I only do it with my friends and it's like a joking sort of like making fun of both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I know I'll get, I'll get the same shit from them too. So it's like, but I never, well, people like, think they're supporting their Queens by yeah. sending hate to other people, oh, but trust. like they, they think they're like part of the show, yeah. which I guess you are part of the show, but come on, like be an adult. I know a lot of them aren't adults yet, but like, Grow up. Like, this is not your time. Well, this is a, not like, your moment. This <laughs> show was filmed a year ago. A year ago. Yeah. So the this whole has subsided. This drama has subsided. Yeah. And, like, they're all friends. Like, yeah. for the most part, yeah. all the cast members are friends. Yeah. Not all of them, but, like, if you're on that season, you've been through the trenches. You you move on. You you realize this is just pr- do production doing their job. Yeah. And, like, you become friends because you've survived yeah. a reality show. Like, it's not real. <laughs> well, going back to the racial thing, yes. I've noticed that, like, especially around, like, cast announcements go out, mm-hmm. the white or younger queens usually get more Instagram followers Always. quickly. Yeah. And then, like, because um, I think I think Bob was the first um, performer of color to get uh, reach a million followers, and that was, like, years after he yeah. got So, like, it's... The, yeah, the follower count, it, it like the disparity against queens just based on race mm-hmm. is out of control. Well, I just I think the play uh, the show kind of plays into that a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of racial humor that like I think it would be fine. Like uh, the communities backing that sort of mm-hmm. um, example would be like Plastique doing her like Vietnamese accent. Uh, accent. Yeah. Um, like I think that works. For her, yeah, but like I, it feels uncomfortable when a white audience, a primary white audience, is laughing at that. It yeah. feels weird to me. Okay. Um. So I think the show kind of plays that up, that racial aspect a, a lot, little, a little bit, bit. But like people just take it to another yeah, level. Yeah. It's just I don't know. And like going back to Kennedy, like mm-hmm. um, she was a part of the old lady brigade. Do you remember that on season seven? Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, I think it was like Katya, Ginger, Kennedy. Maybe, um, maybe, Masters. maybe Mrs. Kasha too. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like out of all of them, it was, uh, Kennedy that was attacked the most. And like, also like her, her looks and her personality were attacked on that season, mm-hmm. just like by the fandom, especially right after the, uh, Katya elimination. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, yeah, was she grumpy, but like it, it, no one, no more than anybody else in that group. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's like always a double standard with, yeah. um, queens if they're white they can get away with anything if they're a slightly different shade of of color they are going to get attacked by fans it's it's getting ridiculous to a point where like 
watching the show just isn't fun anymore. I well, think. like, you can watch the show. Like, I recently binged all of season um, 11, and watching it without having the f- feedback of the fan commentary happening live, like, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. still enjoyable. It's just, w- we're so involved with the drag world, it, yeah. it stops being fun. Yeah. Well, I think we should get kind of into that season 11 and how it's sort of changed. Um I've, I've noticed a lot of my friends being, a lot of my queer friends being very tired with this season. I don't like even, fatigue. yeah, I don't even think it's season 11. I think yeah. it's back to back all stars season 11 drag race UK is coming up. Like yeah. drag con happens in two different cities twice yeah. a year. Like it's a lot going on. I mean, we, last year we had three separate seasons of drag race. Yeah. That's which is un- unreal. Like we used to beg, at least I did, used to beg for an all-star oh, season. Oh yeah. All Bag. the all the fucking like off season. I remember people being like upset for months after that. Yeah, and it just um it's getting too saturated. And mm-hmm. um my good friend um Angelica Frankenstein pointed this out to me that season eleven um had followed the formula of season four with like the two the weirdo and the pageant girl fighting. Yes, yes. like all that kind yeah. of drama. Um, and has repackaged it for a more straight audience yes. because that um, recently in the last like maybe two three seasons mm-hmm. we've seen a more um, grander audience for well the show. it hit to VH1 it like, went to VH1 yeah, yeah. that changed um, everything and so we're seeing a lot more straight people enjoying the show um, and they're welcome too but I think the queer people are like losing interest quickly but yeah. i don't think the show is for us anymore i don't think so either yeah. but also it's I, I feel like it's not really no longer for a u.s audience either i feel like because it's so popular on netflix around the world it's it's no longer really for u.s audiences to consume it's really for a worldwide global audi- audience um and with that we should take a little break okay and we'll talk about the future of the show okay let's do it Bye. Bye. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about Drag Race mm-hmm. and all the negative things. Yeah. Out. <laughs> Which is funny because I do still really enjoy the show. I do enjoy, enjoy the show. Yeah. But we're just in <laughs> such a fatigue, especially since like it's about to end. Yeah. Like we're kind of like the end of the war. I swear to God, if they announce like uh, All Stars 5, like right now. Right. I, like <laughs> literally going to start a week after the finale. Uh, but um, speaking of that, what do you think is the future of the show? Uh, well, uh, I really think it's about time the show adapts. Mm-hmm. It's really following the projection of America's Next Top Model, where they're just churning season after season after season, which is funny because they used to parody it, but now it's like actually happening. And I think for it to still remain exciting, they need to broaden who they choose as contestants. I agree completely. I'm like so sick of just like cis men doing ultra femme drag, and it's a lot of it's pageant girls, which I love pageant girls, but like we need to see other types of drag. Like it shouldn't just be one Evie. It should be a hundred Evies. The fact that we haven't had a bearded queen, like a full-time bearded queen. Yeah. And it's still in 11 seasons. And it still fits the narrative (laughs) because they're interested in cis men turning into cis women. Like it still fits that narrative. That's like the, the (laughs) beginning of like alternative drag. Like, yeah, they, they can't even wrap their head around that. We're never going to see like, um, trans women, AFAB, 
like drag kings. Drag kings. I would like, love that. Me too. I just I the runways are so boring to me now, and yeah. if they just had a diverse cast, it yeah. would be really exciting. Yeah. Um, it's getting a tiresome. It's I don't know. Uh, they have like a standard of beauty that they've latched onto, and they just like will not let go of. Well, I remember when um Michelle Visage said to Violet Chachki, "Oh, you're giving me boy because Violet didn't pad her boobs." Like, I and hate then Michelle Visage. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> and then like. She she says similar stuff to Courtney Act and um Aquaria and well she didn't say it to Aquaria and then Aquaria won so I'm mm. hoping it'll change the a different direction but really with UK Drag Race that might be the difference because their drag is so different from mm -hmm. the US they have to change they have yeah. to change their standards um I how many seasons do you think we have left of Drag Race I don't I, I they're gonna keep going until they they, they run may, it into the ground yeah which like, um which is really upsetting well. It's just when will the bubble burst? Yeah. But just like America's Next Top Model, they might not never stop. Because well, like, I Rue is like going on different projects. He's starting his pod, uh, not podcast, his talk show. Talk show is um, happening bringing back really the soon. RuPaul show. So like, which is crazy. I know uh, that's really exciting to me. Just yeah. like where drag can go, in, even just the Met Gala recently, yeah. like three drag queens being on the red carpet. That's mm. unheard of. Every time I think um, drags, the era of drag is ending. A new show yeah, happens. Yeah, it, well, like, it's okay. getting bigger and bigger. We're yeah. just getting fatigued of the types of drag we get to yeah, see and have shoved down our throats. Um, have you seen, since you lived in California that yes. briefly, did you ever see like an effect on the community after post-drag race? Well, the thing is right now, if you are serious about doing drag, you want to get on drag race because yeah. it's an easy meal ticket. Like mm -hmm. your fee is going to shoot up. You're going to be able to travel the world and it's fabulous. It's great for that, but it might be taking the artistry out of it, yeah. it, it because you're trying to conform into this little box. It mm -hmm. might change who you are as a performer. So you fit into that tiny box so you can get on television. I, I've i noticed it from, like, a show kind of standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like, more people are obviously going to go to a show that has, like, a Rue girl Always. than a local, local girl. And, mm -hmm. like, another thing about the fandom is, like, you can name 20 million Rue girls, but you can't, you can't name, name, like... can't name 10 local girls yeah, in your neighborhood. And it's just, like, you're a fan of Drag Race, but not a you're fan not of drag. You're not a fan of drag. I think that's um, a huge issue yeah. within the drag community. Yeah. Because... A lot of these people will shell out hundreds upon hundreds of dollars mm. for any Rue girl. Like, I remember, like, I think it was at Bushwick. Alaska comes on the stage. They give her a $100 tip. Do you think Alaska needs that $100? Absolutely yes. not. <laughs> Do, will they tip? <laughs> yes. Will they tip any local girl that mu even a quarter of that? No, they won't. My largest tip was $5. Yeah, ex <laughs> that's exactly. And that's the mentality. They're like, yeah. oh, I love you. Here's all my money. But they don't really need your money. Yeah. They're making a good set fee. Like, yeah. your local queens actually need the money to perform and it's, um so i'm curious like when it drag race is gonna get so saturated that we'll have like i don't know a thousand queens a thousand queens sure night of, let's, night let's of a thousand drag race oh, girls God, i'd kill myself um <laughs> but like at that point like are, are everyone's booking fee gonna go up like how, well, how well, is that you know, what's actually <laughs> happening right now is because it is becoming oversaturated certain root girls if you are not staying relevant and changing with the times and like having your YouTube series, having your singles out. If you are not staying in touch with the fandom and if you're not a fan favorite, your booking fee is going down. Oh shit. Yeah. Like, and it's, 
that's unfortunate too. Yeah. Like it is hurting because there are so many girls and there's not enough time for each season for people to breathe. If yeah. you're not on one of the major tours or not a huge fan favorite, your mm. booking fee is going to go back to what it used to be. Oh, shit. Which mm. is interesting. It's, it's all relevant, you know, like the yeah. popularity of the show, how oversaturated it currently yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, their careers basically end when the show ends. Yeah. So, I mean, well, not it's what, in so many ways. It's but. what you do after, as yeah. we learned with Trixie and Katya. Yeah. Like, Trixie kind of changed the game for that, I feel yeah. like, with um the creative, uh, which she came up with the producers because she always had like funny conversations with Katya on the phone. She's mm-hmm. like, let's film this. And that kind of changed the game for her career and Katya's career. Yeah, I agree. So you have to, you have to be a very smart marketing business person mm-hmm. and you have to ha- still have the love of the fans, which is why all stars changes people's careers too. Yeah. Like Manila had what, like 400 K on Instagram pre pre all stars. And now she has a million. Mm-hmm. It completely changes how relevant you stay. Yeah. I'm just worried when the show does finally end, how drag outside of drag race is also going to be affected. Mm. Cause like, are people going to lose interest? Cause like now we don't, there's nothing like there's no career to really look forward yeah. to kind of, but I feel like the strongest will survive. Yeah. I think drag's always been about that. Yeah. And if you're not doing this because you love to perform, mm-hmm. then it, if you're only doing it to be on a TV show and not TV show and not because you love to perform, you're doing it for the wrong reason. I was going to say, you should, yeah. you should probably stop. You, you, well, you're first of all, you're <laughs> not going to be making, you're going to be losing money. Trixie yeah. C- Katya actually talked about that on a recent, uh, mm-hmm. how they used to like lose money to do drag and now they oh, get yeah. paid a lot I've of money. So much. <laughs> no. Yeah. It works. It, that applies to a lot of the rude girls, yeah. but if you're not doing it because you're loving it, you shouldn't be doing it yeah. anyway. No, There's I've too al- many Queens anyway. So I've we don't said, need like, you. Um, <laughs> I, I love drag, but I love performing more. So Yeah, like, you should do it because you want to do it, not mm-hmm. because you're going to get on a TV show yeah. get famous for five minutes. I'll see you on the casting schedule for season 24. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, They'll finally let drag kings in. <laughs> Speaking of an end, mm-hmm. I think we should talk about season 11. Okay. Um, so we just found out the top four. Woo. Some of us just found out of the top four. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I knew about the top four before, like, the season began. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's Evie Oddly. Yes. Um, Silky Nutmeg Nosh, mm-hmm. Bro- Brooklyn Heights, mm-hmm. and Akira Davenport. Akira Chanel Davenport. Chanel Port. Davenport, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Um, who do you want to win for season 11? Who should take the crown? Okay. Who, who I, like... If, if, if it was outside the context of the show, I would mm-hmm. want Brooklyn to win. Because mm-hmm. I saw Brooklyn a year before she was cast on Drag Race, and mm-hmm. it was at Mickey's. And Mickey's is, like, the most world-renowned drag show. And there's a lot of drag queens there. It's, like, the top of the game. And she destroyed everybody. She did her ballet moves. She was absolutely... I was like, that is a star. Like, she's going to be a big thing. The on point... Mm-hmm shit like yeah. i live every time like that's so good that's so talented yeah and brooke is one of the sweetest people i've ever i think it's because she's canadian but she's <laughs> seriously one of the sweetest queens i ever met ever on the show and i was like that is a superstar right there she's gonna go really far and then on the show they kind of like diluted her personality they kind of mm. made her the boring white canadian queen which is unfortunate because I, think, I feel like there's a lot more to her yeah i think that it wasn't even like boring white canadian it was just like it was brangy well it, yeah <laughs> and i i know a lot of tea about that allegedly ooh, but ooh, i'll hear that off <laughs> yeah mic, off but, ca- <laughs> off mic but um 
yeah, the producers forced the Brangie stuff on us. Uh-huh. And it kind of took away from Brooke and what a superstar she is. So just based on the editing of this season, it's mm. going to be Evie, obviously. Like, yeah. Evie's getting, like, the Alaska jinx, like, underdog storyline. Yeah, also, agree. Evie's kind of, like, the voice of the viewers, I feel like. Yeah. Everything she says, I 100% agree with. Yeah. She's kind of, like, the fourth, like, watching from, like, the fourth wall. Like, mm. I don't even know how to put that. And, like, saying everything the audience is thinking. I've liked her since the beginning, or, like, since I found out about her. Yeah. Um, and I just really liked her fashion. There were some points where she, like... Um, it's a little too cheap. Yeah, a little too yeah. cheap. But, like, understandable. I get it. Like, yeah. Um, I was mostly just... Well, I was disappointed with the whole cast for the Halloween ball. Uh, <laughs> it was so bad. But that um, Velociraptor moment that Evie did <laughs> it, was... It's so campy. So good. That yeah, was so it's, good. It's real campy. <laughs> it's real, like, DIY drag, which yeah. a lot of queens have to do in real life. And I, I've just been a fan of her. And then also, like, her personality, like... I like that the show sort of showed her growth yes. as a person um, where, like, she, she'd call out bullshit, and yeah. I appreciate her for that, but, like, she would do it at the worst times. Always at the worst times. Yeah, and she would Well, get, I'm sure the producers were like, oh, here's uh, yeah. your time to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But, like, I did like seeing that, like, sort of, like, um, it wasn't like, I'm right all the time. Fuck y'all. It was just like, <laughs> Very no, no, y'all are making good points. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, um, she mm-hmm. seemed rational, and so I, I was a big fan of that. And then, like, she's just weird. I She's the only alternative queen. Mm-hmm. So if the show had more alternative queens, it might mm-hmm. be very different. But because she's the only one, of course she's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Of course she's going to really like be a shining star yeah. against a sea of pageant gowns. Yeah. Um, and that's nothing against the other two. I think... Um, you mean three? No. Well, I meant... Because uh, you mentioned Brooke earlier. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think Akira and um, Silky are both talented. I have a lot of issues with Silky, mm-hmm. um, mostly outside the show. Yes. I won't get into that because no. I don't want to get sued. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I've been a big fan of Akira this season, too. Yeah, Akira really reminds me a lot of Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Like, even the way they talk, like, they're very similar, like, pageant, mm-hmm. great Southern queens. When she wore that giant RuPaul wig, like, that's when I sort of fell in love with her. Oh, oh the wig that she wore, like, 500 times. Yeah. Well, yes, but, like, um, when she <laughs> just looked great. like All-Stars 3 Ru promo, yeah, yeah. like, it was gorgeous. I was, like, so about it. Um, and that's She has of, had great runways, too. Like, yeah. not to take away, because I love pageant queens as well. I mm-hmm. think pageantry is really important. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, you were saying Evie. Mm-hmm. If she wins. Evie to win. Evie to win. If... We had an all-winners season. Okay. Who do you think would win? Okay, so if everyone who had won mm. any version of Drag Race competed against each other, which, by the way, is never going to happen. Nope. <laughs> never going to happen. Bianca says she absolutely will not do it. She does not need and to I do it. I don't think production likes Tyra anymore. Yeah, Tyra's <laughs> obviously a huge problem for everybody. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. But imaginary one, like an imaginary Hunger Games. Um, for me, it's going to be Jinx. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of this for from when I saw her last year in Provincetown. She is so funny. She can sing. She can dance. She can act. She really has the... I think she has the full cunt. And she's really... <laughs> <laughs> charisma, uniqueness, different talent. Like, I feel like she has the whole package. And I think her, she's so strong at everything. Mm-hmm. Besides, obviously, in her... Um, series um, makeup, but she's improved so much, and her yeah, her, her runways have improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Like her costumes, like I think now that she has all that time behind her, she mm-hmm. would kill it. She would destroy everybody. Um, 
I'm going to put her against her season five sister. Of course. Here we go Alaska. again. I think okay. Alaska would, would like take home the crown because Alaska is just like a fan of the show. So yeah. she knows how it works. But the thing is, Jinx already beat Alaska. She did. Do you think she would beat her again? I think she would. I, I think it would be interesting <laughs> because now, I mean, now Alaska, obviously when she came back, she has a mm. lot of money. But if they both had money behind them, mm. like how would they actually do? Yeah. I feel like it's more, I feel like the playing field would be level. My other choice would be Bob. Absolutely I think Bob. That, I think that Bob like, would be my second choice. I think that that top three yeah jinx alaska bob, bob would be uh, i'd watch that in a heartbeat people <laughs> act like season eight was really boring because bob annihilated anyone but if bob was on any season it would have been the same yeah and bob would annihilate anyone i because i knew bob we knew if bob got on like pre before like bob actually won we knew if bob got on bob would win yeah like it wasn't just bob's delusion of thinking that yeah we all knew it like everyone in new york because Bob in New York City had wrote, risen to the top of the mm -hmm. chain, doing eight shows a week, every like sold out show. Like Bob was the ultimate New York City. Queen. I knew about her um, during season six. Like yeah, I, I knew she was just like destined yeah. to be on. Yeah, the and show. like she and Bianca used to do shows yeah. together. Like Bob was always on that trajectory, and Bob is really talented and one of the best. Bob and Monet are the two best for me, besides Sasha, obviously, live lip syncers I've ever seen. But like. Even with, like, um, Bianca, like, she kind of, like, swept the competition, too. She did. So, like, it, I... It, it would be a very hard season. Yeah. I don't, like, I never got that criticism against season eight when, like, Bianca literally like, swept the competition <laughs> on season six. Yeah, like, the, you know what? You're right. Yeah, so... But, like, people just haven't... I, also, because season eight's a shorter season, yeah. they felt like it was more obvious who was going to win. Yeah, but yeah. it's a shorter season. Yeah. Um, I would just... I've been a fan of all three of them for a long time. So Who? Like, um, Jinx, Bob, and Alaska. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they'd all They'd crush sleep. it. They'd um, destroy it. I love my fashion girls, um, but... No, I think... And I don't think it would ever happen either because, like, it... it tarnishes the crown a little that i had the same criticism with bb with bb on all stars 3 well the thing with bb coming back was purely so people could be reintroduced to her because no one watched season one so it was just a way to re the reason the whole reason they did the whole jury vote was so bb couldn't win again that was the only reason they did it for it wasn't uh, to hurt changelo it was to make sure bb didn't win um I just think that was to her detriment because, like, she came out kind of as the villain. Who, BB? BB a little bit. No, but she made a whole new... The Rocketata, like, thing... That did boost like, the it, Like, she, she became, like, a face on mm -hmm. the fandom map, and she was yeah. not one before. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And, like, looking back at it, like, people love her now. Mm -hmm. What It's always funny. Like, people, like, will hate certain queens during the season. And then they look back and are like, no, this was great because they know how things worked out. Mm -hmm. They know, like, who actually won. So it's okay yeah. for them to be, like, competitive on that season. Okay. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I guess. <laughs> it, it, that's, like, another part aspect of the fandom, I feel yeah. like. Over time, like, the queens that people desperately hated, like, Ginger Minj, like, people... Like, a lot of people absolutely hated her. Mm. Now they love her. I loved her little um, when she got married to her husband at DragCon last year. Was it last year? No, two years ago. Two years, I think. Um, and she was dressed as Snow White, and he was her prince. Yeah. And their whole booth was amazing, by yeah, the way. Was it was great. We're wrapping up, but mm -hmm. Caitlin, what are you excited about? I'm super excited for Pride Month. Woo! And it's also Stonewall 50th oh my God. anniversary, and, which um, is crazy. Isn't that crazy? I, I made a joke the other day. Um, it's also Sesame Street's 50th birthday. Well, I mean, um, they go hand in hand. So Bert and Ernie th threw the first brick. But um, anyways, mm -hmm. I'm really excited about, um, I just went to this private um, viewing of this show at school at NYU. Um, it's art after Stonewall. It's at the Great Art Gallery. Um, 
and they do art um, from 1969 to 1989, mm-hmm. which is like my specialty. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool seeing all the um, AIDS work um, that being showcased in like that sort of area. And I don't know, Stonewall makes me feel, you know, prideful, obviously. But yeah. So I'm really excited to do Pride and um, see more queer exhibitions like that, um, especially because I'm graduating today. Oh, <laughs> congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I actually just got broke, booked for Brooklyn Pride. Um, oh, congrats! Yeah, I'll be um, I'll be there at um, Housing Works on Park Slope. Um, um, I think it's on the first Saturday in June. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to come out, you should. So it'll be cute. But meet Martyr. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be there, but meet Martyr. I'm gonna fight her. Um, <laughs> but well, that was fun, Caitlin. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you all later. Bye. This was <gasps> we're out. Bye. Bye. So I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me at at C-T-E-P-P-E-R on Instagram. And you can also check out my book, The State of Drag, available on Amazon, only for 99 cents, and all proceeds go to charity. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or dick pics, you can send them at DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Artwork for Wigging Out came from Glitter Baby Online. You can find them on Instagram at Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.